0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What makes you happy? What delights your heart to no end? What is the thing that leaves you depressed when you don't have it? What is the thing that once you finally get it, or once it finally happens, or once it finally uh, comes through, that that then you will have peace and happiness in your life. If you Google the question, what is the meaning of life, Uh, you'll get a few cynical answers. Uh, But for the most part, people say something to the effect of, Uh, The meaning of life is personal happiness. Now, I asked Amy to ask her phone, uh, what is the meaning of life? And Siri said, "Uh, I don't know, but I think there's an app for that. (laughs) By and large, most people on the street today say that uh, personal happiness is the meaning of life. You find what makes you happy and you go do it. You get it. You get all you can of it. And it may surprise you to hear me say that they are right. You're made to be happy. You're made to be deeply happy, deeply satisfied. And that longing that is in your heart for happiness, for satisfaction, that is not a wrong desire at all. The problem is that we spend our whole lives searching for happiness. We burn through relationships and marriages trying to find the right one. We spend thousands and thousands of dollars on things that will make us happy or things to impress others so that their approval will make us happy. We do different things to numb our pain and suffering, essentially, uh, to be happy. We kill ourselves at our jobs to attain a certain level or to provide a certain lifestyle that we are sure will satisfy us. And yet, we're not happy. I believe it was Rockefeller who was asked of his great wealth, how much is going to be enough? And his reply was, just a little bit more. Because it's never enough. We're not happy. Or, uh, why do my children disobey? It is because in the moment, with a knee-jerk reaction of the soul, they are convinced that the thing that they want to do is going to make them happier than the thing that I have told them to do. They're probably right. But that situation never ends in happiness. They come by it honestly. Honestly. It's the same thing I did with my parents. It's the same thing I still do with the Lord. And so do you. Or, why are we willing to fight and do damage to the relationships that mean the most to us? Is it because our family is just a bunch of jerks? Probably not. It is because we want to be happy. You might say that doesn't make any sense, but think about it. No one knows how to threaten the things that we think are going to make us happy, like our family. We want to be in control of our own schedule. We want to be in control of our own checkbook. We want to be in control of our own sense of self and our sense of identity. Because these things make us happy, and nobody gets all over those things like the people that we are closest to. When these things get threatened, we fight. With the knee jerk reaction of the soul so you win the argument was it worth it are you happy then it's like paying a thousand dollars for a piece of gum it's sweet for a minute and loses loses its sweetness was it worth the cost we fight to protect or to get happiness we think but it never ends in happiness In our epistle this morning, the Apostle James asks, What causes wars? What causes fightings among you? Is it not your passions that are at war? That word passions means pleasures. It's sometimes translated lusts. It's that thing that we've got to have. That thing that we've worked so hard for. The thing that we have attached our identity to. It's the thing, or the person's opinion, or the amount that gives us a sense of who we are. It's what will make us happy. It's our passions. And they get threatened, and then we are at it tooth and nail. It's all to protect our happiness. And James goes on, he says, you do not have that thing you're after, because you do not ask. That is, you do not ask the Lord. Or you do ask, but you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And so we see that not only do these passions, these things that we think are going to make us happy, not only do they end up uh, causing destruction in our earthly relationships, but they also uh, disrupt our relationship with God. you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling? They may be. And it's not because God doesn't care. It's because in some way the motive of our heart in the asking is to fuel the destructive passion for the thing that we think is going to make us happy. But remember I said uh, that they are right when they say that the meaning of life is happiness. See the problem isn't that we have passions. We were created in the image of God. We were, uh, we were made to have passions. The problem isn't that we have passions. The problem is where our passions lie. C.S. Lewis said, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward in the pages of Scripture and the staggering nature of the rewards that are promised to us in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and And sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum. Because he cannot imagine what is meant by an offer of a holiday at the sea. Lewis says, we are far too easily pleased. You see, we spend our lives looking for happiness in material stuff, in vocational stuff, in relational stuff, and we never really find it. We might get glimpses of happiness, but it's fleeting at best. And generally, the search leaves us with nothing but fear and anxiety, frustration, maybe even anger, certainly a thirst more and the reason is because we are asking those things to be God for us they're idols and our hearts are idol factories we make little powerless but functional gods out of really good things like people or sex or food money and power we want beauty. We want love. We want security. We want control. And all these things can only give happiness and fleeting glimpses. Unless. Unless. Unless our hearts get those things. From the one that our hearts were made for. You think your wealth will give you security? You know that your wealth can be taken away from you no matter how diversified you are. You think your spouse ought to be giving you unconditional love? You watch too many movies. They can't do it. The one thing that can give you what you're looking for in your search for happiness is your relationship with God given in Jesus Christ. The one thing that can never be taken away from you is the one thing that will give you lasting and eternal happiness. And that is God himself. Does that sound too churchy for you? And Jesus said, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other little things will be added unto you. See, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on a cross as a perfect sacrifice for our sins, and He rose again to eternal life so that you and I can put aside the dumpy little gods that we've always thought would give us happiness, and we can enter into a life of true happiness and deep satisfaction in an intimate relationship with God the Father. Forgiveness of sins, that is a, a great and mind-blowing truth, but it is not the point. Forgiveness of sins is the means to the point. where Our sins are forgiven and like obstacles removed so that we can have a satisfied relationship with the Father. And see, if we're satisfied, if we're happy, if we're full in God, then you actually get to enjoy... The earthly things that you used to to demand happiness from. You get to enjoy the human relationships. You used to make those things God's, but now you get to enjoy them. You get to enjoy whatever amount of wealth or power God sees fit to give you. You get to enjoy all the things that you once had to have. You had to consume them in an effort to be happy, but now you just get to enjoy them. And when tragedy strikes and those things are taken away, we may rightly grieve, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Because we still have the Lord and the thing that lasts. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the other things shall be added unto you. Or as one preacher has said, you aim for the kingdom and you get earth thrown in. You aim for earth and you get neither. And that is why James says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. As we get low before the Lord, we climb off the pile of idols, we confess to the Lord all the things that have taken His place in our lives. We ask God to be our only God. James says, He will exalt you. He will exalt you. And you will be happy. Because you're not going to be seeking after happiness. You'll be seeking after God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that our restless hearts find their rest in you. We pray, Father, that you would give us the grace to accept your grace and the freedom to let you be God and not demand godliness from little things. We thank you for the many blessings of this life. May they be only blessings to us. May we find our true satisfaction in you. For we ask this in Jesus Christ's name and for his sake. Amen.